Hey, murder lovers, my name is Mackenzie. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. I really do love the Dancing intro. The- <laughs> it's, it's the consistent part, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like, funny because ah. it feels so second nature to me to say. Yeah. I was like, hmm, this is... This is home. This is, I'm about to hear some murder stuff. This is great. Life is good. I was stressed out the other day. It's was just work and life the other day. And Karen's like, are are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm going to go in the garage. I'm going to work on the van and listen to murder. (laughs) Like that's going to be my zen for the day. That's what I'm going to do. I support that. Okay. So we're going to jump right into it. I'm not even going to tell you what the case is called. You'll figure it out here soon enough. And if, okay. Well, I guess the you've title. seen the title. Yeah. Okay. So this is the story. <laughs> <laughs> if you clicked on it without reading it, then you'll be surprised right now. <laughs> this is the Amazon review killer. You know what? I've seen, I was, I saw it as I was researching the last one, but I was like, Another day. Like, I can't it's look so into funny. that right we now. so funny. We could have easily, yeah. like, there were multiple opportunities yeah. where we could have picked the same story. That's funny. So, no, I'm glad I didn't review that. <laughs> you didn't review the Amazon review yeah. killer? right. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Amazon. Okay, Jeff Bezos, this one is for you. <laughs> so. Uh, please Jeffrey bring Bezos. down the price of Amazon Prime. Why are you kicking it up for your crappy Prime video? Anyway, in 2016, police discovered what they believe to be reviews on Amazon that were left as a joke. Weird. And okay. they were for things like padlocks, shovels, tasers, and gun accessories. <laughs> What could go wrong? Right. All the tools for a murder. The user was listed as, quote, me. Not okay. me as in Mackenzie, but just me. Okay. Yeah. And one review in particular for a padlock said, solid locks have five on a shipping container. Won't stop them, but sure will slow them down till they're too old to care. Oh. One was for a folding shovel, and it said, keep in the car for when you have to hide the bodies, and you left the full-size shovel at home. That's some twisted humor, but it's also not humor. It's not humor. So the reviewer was linked to a wish list for Todd Kolhep, and Todd Kolhep was born on March 7th, 1971. He was born in Florida, raised in South Carolina and Georgia. His parents divorced at two years old, and Mm. he went to his mom. His mom's name was Regina, I think it's Tegau or Tego, not totally sure. But mom was Regina. Um, Mom got custody, and then she remarried a year later to a man named Carl Kulhip. Okay. And that's where he got his last name from. Yeah. So Todd and his stepdad had a pretty bad relationship. Um, he really wanted to live with his dad, like his biological dad, but he didn't see his biological dad for eight years. Wow, that's a long time. And he was super bitter about it. Um, he became very troubled, aggressive towards other kids in nursery school, which is wow. like preschool. Yeah. 
very early on. He would bully them. He would destroy their school projects. Oh, that's he, so sad. Yeah, he was just not a nice kid. Destroy their school projects. Come he on. was even. Um, he Fuck was, your macaroni necklace. Right. <laughs> uh, stomps on yeah, their like right. little Lego project. <laughs> Um, he was even kicked out of the Boy Scouts. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Which, I've known a kid that got kicked out of Boy Scouts. <laughs> also a troubled youth. And a troubled man, now that we think about... Oh, mm. that's terrifying. Sorry, things are clicking with me. <laughs> I'm having can an you, epiphany. Can you send me your Amazon <laughs> wish list? <laughs> and, uh... So he was described as being... He started, uh... Sorry, I'm ahead of myself. So the FBI later said that he was abused at home by his grandfather. Um, his grandfather would hit him, beat him with a cattle prod. Oh, wow. Um, just not a very nice man. Jesus, what happened to, like, a switch off the tree or, like... Or just, like... Your hand? Or, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what's worse, but... Use your words? I don't know. <laughs> what happened to good old verbal abuse? <laughs> Like a cattle prod, like I feel like that's Seriously. like an iron something. No, it has to yeah, be. Yeah, it has to be. Oh God! Somebody that works on a cattle ranch, tell me. Right. I could Google it as well. Um, probably buy it on Amazon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to get through this. So anyway, he <laughs> uh, started counseling at nine years old. His counselor described him as quote explosive. And also, quote, preoccupied with sexual content. Oh, okay. Well, it's yeah. pretty early for Eight. nine. Oh, nine. He's nine. Jesus. That's, yeah, that's early. He also started exhibiting cruelty to animals pretty early on. Oh. He shot a local dog with a BB gun, and he also killed a goldfish by drowning it with bleach. Oh, God. Yeah. The Which I was like, fuck. Oh. <laughs> It's just like if you don't want the goldfish fish, flush it down the toilet. Right. Like save the goldfish. Oh my gosh. His okay. biological dad was not like super keen on taking him because he said that he was only capable of being angry. And then things progressively got worse. At one point he spent three and a half months in a Georgia psychiatric hospital because of his inability to get along and socialize with other kids. Oh, wow. And so in 1983, finally mom strong-armed dad into taking custody. She was like, I have had enough. It's your turn. And he was like, eh, shit. So <laughs> he uh, went to live with his dad in Arizona and he began working while he was there. He shared his dad's interest in weapons. His dad was apparently quite the... Gutton Toten? Yeah, sure. I was Armsman. like, what's the word for that? I don't know. And his dad also decided to teach him how to make bombs and blow things up. Oh, wow. Which That's is just, just like real Very bonding. responsible parenting for somebody who's yeah. a troubled child. Um, but... Like quality bonding there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Really just quality of father sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Made up for all that lost time. Jesus Christ. Come here, son. I'm going to teach you how. No. Here, you're a troubled youth. <laughs> Let me put explosives into your hands and right. see what happens. But things didn't go as Todd thought that they would go because dad was out here thotting and popping. 
with all of his little girlfriends. Mm. So he was constantly going out on dates, constantly away with all these girls, and Todd wasn't really spending time with his dad other than blowing shit up. So, and that wasn't enough for Todd. So he became very angry and decided he wanted to go back and live with his mom. And his mom was like, no, I've served my time. (laughs) She would not take him back. That's sad, though, to be, like, told, I don't want you back. or you Yeah, know, I'm sure that that back. was, like, had an impact on him because nobody wanted him. Right. Which probably only made him more angry. Oh, poor kid. So. At that point. <laughs> you spoke just a little too soon. Damn. So the year is 1986. It's November 25th. And he is 15 years old at this point. Still a kid. Still a kid. When he gets mad at his dad. And he kidnaps a 14-year-old girl in what? Tempe, Arizona. He threatens her with a 22 caliber revolver. He brings her back to his house. His dad is out with one of his girls. Sure. He ties her up and he tapes her mouth and he rapes her. Oh, my God. 15 and 14? When he's done, he unties her and he walks her home and threatens to kill her younger siblings if she talks to anybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, like, escalates so fast. Holy shit, yeah. And he's arrested just a few hours later because she does talk. Oh, good. She reports it to her parents. They call it in. He's arrested a few hours later. He's charged with kidnapping, sexual assault. Sexual assault. Sounds like the Grinch trying (laughs) trying to talk. Um. It did. Um, charged with kidnapping, sexual assault, and committing dangerous crimes against children. And, again, he says the reason that he did this is because he was mad at his dad that day. He's just acting out? Yeah, he's pissed. He's pissed Ugh. that his dad was going out, so he decides to just escalate and attack some poor random 14-year-old girl. Wow. So, in 1987, the very next year, um, he pleads guilty to the kidnapping charge And all the other charges are dropped as part of a plea deal. And he's sentenced to 15 years. He does have to register as a sex offender, despite the fact that the sexual assault charges are dropped. Ah, okay. During this time, when he's incarcerated, he's diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, and he has an above-average IQ of 118. The judge in his case said he was very bright and should be advanced academically, but, quote, behaviorally and emotionally dangerous and doubted that rehabilitation would be possible for him. Oh. Famous last words. Yeah. His probation officer felt that, or wrote that he thinks that Todd felt that the world owed him something. Hmm. And also felt like he would be dangerous down the road. But his attorney said that he didn't believe he would go on to harm others, which I was like, well, he's paid a lot of money to say that. That's such an attorney thing to say. Yeah. Um, He was cited for some violent behaviors while he was locked up. They weren't very detailed as far as what those were. But after he turned 20, there were no more issues. And so he served 14 years. During that time, neither his parents nor his stepdad visited him. Oh, no. Just add insult to injury. Yeah, nobody came to see him during 14 years. That's a long time. That's a lifetime for some people. Yeah. So by the time he's released in August of 2001, he's 30 years old. He's lost all of this time. Yeah. And nobody seemed to care. Showed him any care. Yeah. Yeah. 
So when he's released, he moves to South Carolina and he moves so he can be close to his mom. Who I'm like, why? But he moves to be close to his mom. During prison, he had actually graduated from Central Arizona College and he had his bachelor's in computer science by the wow. time he got out. Oh, that's good. I found my way onto prison TikTok the other day. <laughs> Which you do often. <laughs> I always end up on prison TikTok. I'm on the wrong side of TikTok. Or am I on the right side well, of TikTok? I mean, you never know. I very often find myself on a side of TikTok that I wasn't thinking that I was intended to be on. But I found my way onto prison TikTok. And it was these two guys that were telling you, telling anybody... The advantages, 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 advantages is not even a word to me anymore. (laughs) The advantages of, why does that still not sound right? Advantages? Yeah. It feels like I'm adding in a syllable. Just do advantage. No, it's fine. You can keep this all in there. (laughs) Telling you the advantages of going to prison and they were like, free education, meal paid for every day. Like, all these different things. And I was like, you're right. They do get to go to college for free. And I'm sitting here in debt. And if I had just committed a crime, all of this could have been paid for. No. <laughs> they were adamant about it. And I was like, you've made a good point. An I excellent have, point. I have seen the TikToks where they're like, the it's the girl side of prison TikTok. Where they're like, this is how they did makeup. Or how they do mascara or eyeshadow. Or how you make a tampon in prison. Okay, that... Oh Oh my gosh. No, I literally like sat and watched this TikTok and I was like, I didn't even think of that. And they literally taught you how to make a tampon. You have to be... You have to go in there with like a MacGyver like mindset. Otherwise you will not survive. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah. But they sit there and they rub like baby oil on magazines so they can like... Get the color off of it and then slap it on as eyeshadow. Hey, you do what you got to do. And I was like, dang, that's that's ingenious. Also, no wonder, though, they're all broken, all broken out. out oh, for sure. Oh. For sure. The acne. I mean, their makeup, for the most part, is like coffee grounds mixed with water and like yeah. diluted. And that's there till they find their shade and slap it on their face. So they're slapping on coffee on their face. So, yeah, no shit. They're broken out. Yeah. Anyway, where were we? Okay, yes, he graduated from Central Arizona College. Yes, yes, Right, right, right. So um, he had his bachelor's in computer science. From January 2002 to November of 2003, he worked as a graphic designer. Outside of prison, like in the world. Outside of prison, yeah, because at this point he's out. He gets a job as a graphic designer. um, And then he goes on to study at Greenville Technical College, and that's in 2003, that sounds like a success story right there as far as, like, after... <laughs> you are just so early with all of your comments. So early. You're literally missing it by just one more sentence. If you'd let me go on one more sentence, <laughs> this would change. Oh, my gosh. So this is 2003 that he's studying at Greenville Technical College. Now, on November 6th of 2003, <laughs> again, just one more sentence... A customer walks into Superbike Motorsports, which is a motorcycle shop. Okay. And he finds four people have been shot dead. He finds four? The customer. Oh, oh customer okay. customer walks okay. in. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, the uh, victims are Scott Ponder, who's 30 years old. He's the owner of the shop. Beverly Guy, who's 52. She's Scott's mom, and she works as the bookkeeper there. 
Brian Lucas, who's 29, he's the service manager, and Chris Sherbert, 26, he is a mechanic at the shop. They all died of multiple gunshot wounds, and the police believe that whoever did this entered the shop from the back, killed Chris, the mechanic, as he was working, then made him his way out to the showroom where he killed Beverly, and also shot Brian in the main doorway before he exited through the front parking lot where he saw Scott and shot and killed him. Oh, shit. Now, Todd had been a disgruntled customer. He had been there many times. He had bought a motorcycle from there and had attempted to return the motorcycle. And Todd's mom said that they had laughed him, laughed him out of the shop, basically, when he came in and tried to ref- get a refund for his bike. They were like, that's not how this works. Yeah, we don't, you don't return things like this, right. sir. And supposedly, allegedly, made fun of him for not knowing how to ride one. Oh. But I was like, why would you go and buy a motorcycle if you don't know how to ride it? Um, I mean, that's that some shit you would do. Make sense. I feel like you would I do mean, that. You'd be like, yeah. I'll learn. I'll learn. <laughs> I'll learn. But you also wouldn't be like, I'm going to return it if I don't. No. <laughs> You would totally go buy one and be like, I'll learn. (laughs) But I also feel like it's just him, like, complaining to his mom. Yeah, yeah. like, mommy, they made fun of me. Right. And so he's pissed because he said that he had been humiliated by them. But the case was never solved and Todd was never linked to this case. Okay. We'll come back to it. Yeah. So in 2004, he's still living his life. He transferred to the University of South Carolina Upstate. And he graduated in 2008 with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and Marketing. Wow. Yeah, he's a smart guy. We know this. He's got a great IQ, right? Right. He was registered as a sex offender, but he lied in 2006 so he could get his real estate license. Uh And apparently they didn't do a background check and verify any of this information. So he gets his real estate license after he graduates and he builds a real estate firm. So he has 12 people that are working for him. Wow. He is considered one of the top selling agents in South Carolina, so much so that he's been awarded for it. He gets his private pilot license. He owns several properties. One of these properties has 100 acres of land. That's a lot. And his customers, for the most part, like him. They say that he's outgoing. He's professional. One in particular was like, yeah, I mean, I liked him. He was outgoing, but he talked a lot about guns. And he just would use weird sexual innuendos when we were talking. Which she found off-putting. off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Um, but his co-workers described him as angry and condescending. And they said that he would watch porn openly, even at oh. work. Was That's watching, a red flag. Watching porn at work. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing really, really well, but there's things, you know? There's things that are like... Like, oh, he's an odd duck, but we're like, eh, we're just... He's kind of an ass. Yeah. But he's successful, so, like, you know, people turn a blind eye when you're uh, successful. When you're... Were you the one signing the paychecks every two weeks? They're yeah. very likely to be like, eh. Let him watch porn. Gross. As long as I get paid. That is gross. Apparently he did not have an HR department. 
So on August 31st of 2016, Kala Brown, she's 30 years old, and her boyfriend Charles David Carver, 32, are reported missing. Their last known location was at Todd's house. He had hired them to clean. Oh. And Charles's Facebook had remained active after he disappeared, and he was posting things that didn't really seem like him. Investigators thought that someone else had taken over his account. So they started tracing their cell phones after they go oh, missing. Okay. And the police find that the last cell phone pings in an area of Todd's house. Oh. Okay. So, Not far. On November 3rd. So remember this happens August 31st. So it takes them until November 3rd to get a search warrant. Wow. That's like four months. Um, okay, September, well, October, two months. The very end of August to the very beginning of November. Oh, okay, okay. Two months. So they get a warrant to search the property. They get on the property. It's uh, Remember, this is 100 acres. That's a lot. So it's taking a lot of time to search. They find a shipping container. On the property. On the property. Do you remember the padlock yeah, review? Yeah, yeah. Took five of them. Jesus. They find a shipping container because they can hear banging coming <gasps> from inside the alive? shipping container. And when they finally get through the five padlocks, they find Kala Brown inside, chained up against the wall. She had been raped repeatedly and held there for two months. Jesus. Charles was found dead of multiple gunshot wounds. Oh, no. In the same container? No, on the property. Okay, 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 okay. They also found his car had been pushed into a ravine on the property and covered with brush. So once they get Kala out, Kala says that her boyfriend was shot right in front of her. Oh, And said no. that Todd told her that he had killed him because he had a smart mouth. Oh, and he didn't like shit. it. And she said that... Todd had told her that she kept she was kept alive because she hadn't done anything wrong and didn't want to hurt her. Which I was like, there's a lot of hurt going on here. Yeah. Um, but she also said that Charles, she told investigators later on that Charles was killed because Todd was mad at her, but never said why he was mad at her. So I'm like, that's kind of contradictory because apparently she did do something wrong. But she doesn't say or know what it was. No. Huh. So... So we have Kala, and Charles has been found, and police are wrapping up their investigation because they found what they've come looking for uh -huh. until they find two more bodies. Oh, no. Johnny Joe Coxie is 29, and Megan Lee McCraw Coxie is 26. They're married. They were reported missing on December 22nd of 2015, so the year before. Yeah. They had been hired by Todd to work on his property. Oh, no. And Johnny was killed by a gunshot wound to the torso. And Megan had been kept alive for at least another week before she was shot and killed with a gunshot to the head. Damn. They were identified by their extensive tattoos because so much time had passed. Mm. But you could still see evidence of their tattoos. And so, obviously, Todd is arrested. Yeah. And he confesses to the murders of the Coxies and the murders to the motorcycle shop out of the oh, blue. he just confessed yeah, to it, Yeah, he's like, 
I also killed those people at that motorcycle shop. But he went into it, was like, I will confess and I've got information for you, but you're going to do three things for me. One, I want to talk to my mom. Okay. I'm like, you are such a mama's boy for <laughs> yeah. somebody that's... I want to talk to my mom. I want to give her a photo. I don't know what the photo was, but mm. he wanted to give her a photo. And third, he wanted to be allowed to transfer what money he had into a friend's college fund for their child. Which I was like, okay, of all the things that he values, probably the fact that he is has an education is one of them. Because he yeah. was so hell-bent on going to school how many different times. Right, right, right. So it probably was important to him. So they allowed him to do all those things. So he confessed to the murders of the Coxies and then sauced it with the motorcycle murders because obviously they weren't going to plea deal him for the Coxie murders. They're like, we no. found them on your property, sir. We don't right, need right, to right. bargain with you. We don't need a confession yeah. from you. So it was really the motorcycle shop murders that they were after. And like, that's why they made the deal with him. And they knew that he was telling the truth because he said that he shot everybody in the head at the motorcycle shop. And uh -huh. that was a detail that the police never released to the public. Oh, wow. All the headshots, huh? Yep. Right in the forehead. Damn. I'm like, how did he get that close got to that them? Got close to everyone, right. But my guess is, is he came at them with a gun from the distance and told them to get on their knees. Right. What do you do when somebody's holding a gun to you? Yeah, you get on your knees. Would I do that or would I take off running and take my chances? If he gets me in the leg. Um, I'll ponder I that. I was I'll just talking that. about with Cece last night. And I was like, you know, I always think about like if I'm at a store at Walmart, Target, whatever... And, like, someone comes in shooting or something. What would I do? I was like, I'd look for cast iron pots. <laughs> Bands. Because they would be both yeah. a good weapon. And if I needed, like, shield my head or my chest from a bullet, it might. I don't know if it'll stop it, but it sure will give it a good old try. I feel like trying to find the exits might be more beneficial than finding the cast iron skillet um, aisle. <laughs> no, uh, see, I don't know. Kara would kill me. But I would, I would, I wouldn't run away. I don't think I would. I would. You got to take your chances. You got to get out of there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What are I mean? What are you gonna do with a cast iron pan? <laughs> Hit him upside the head. If you can get that close to him. Yeah. Well, I can throw him. If you can get that close to him. <laughs> I could throw pretty far. You're like, or you're gonna throw the cast iron? Yeah. At him? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just aim for the torso. Aim for the mass. <laughs> You're the type of person that ends up dead. <laughs> like, okay. Look a woman. Look a woman attacks active shooter at Walmart. With a cast, cast iron, iron pan. pan. Ends up dead. <laughs> My God. Oh. You need to have a serious conversation with your wife about your survival strategy. Oh, she doesn't know my survival strategy. You have no survival strategy. <laughs> your survi your strategy is to get yourself shot. Uh, I'm one... upset. I feel like you should know better. <laughs> I need to get my conceal. But anywho's. Anyways. Um, okay, so where are we? Yeah, so he confessed to the murder, blah, blah, blah. Never released that detail. Okay. So uh, the police are obviously, like, at that point, they're searching the entire property for everything. So they find semi-automatic rifles, 9mm pistols, suppressors, ammunition, all that kind of stuff. 
They find no record of any guns being registered or a background check being run to buy the guns. Oh, shit. So all of it is obtained illegally. Damn. But he had the money. He had the money. Right. Um, when he talked to his mom, he told his mom that there were other victims. Oh, besides the, yeah. what, three, seven, eight? What are we at now? Eight? Um, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight. Seven in a kidnapped person? Yes, seven yep. dead. One, yeah, got it. Um, so he said there was more than that? To he said mom. that there were more. And when his mom asked him how many, he said that there were more than her fingers had to count. Wow. Which I was like, is that before or after right. we're counting the ones Like currently? 10 total? Or like... Be more specific. The Tempe police began an investigation into unsolved homicides during the year that he years that he mm, lived with his dad, mm-hmm. but they didn't find anything that they would have really linked to him. But I'm kind of like, well, you wouldn't have linked the motorcycle ones to him either. Right. So there wasn't anything that was coming up that they could really pin to him. He was named a person of interest in a South Carolina bank robbery in 2003 that had resulted in a triple homicide, but there was no definitive link again to prove that it was him. So he was never charged with any of these. And he never confessed to them either. He never confessed to them either. So he was charged with four counts of murders. Murders. Why can I not talk today? He was charged with four counts of murder for the motorcycle murders and one count of kidnapping related to Kala Brown. Mm. And then later on, he was charged with the three additional murders for Carver and then the Coxies. Coxies. And then... Ended up with one additional count of kidnapping and three counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. For the motorcycle. Uh, I mean, any of these would have been having... I mean, the Coxies died of gunshots, so that's one oh, count gunshot. of having a yeah, weapon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carla Brown and her boyfriend, that's one count. The motorcycle is one count, so that's your three oh, counts. Oh, there you go. There the you additional go. count of kidnapping, I think, was for Megan Coxie because she was held for a week later. Before after. she was killed. Yeah. Gotcha. During this time, the families of the motorcycle shop victims filed a wrongful death lawsuit against him, and Carla Brown also filed a civil lawsuit against him, Mm. obviously. So on May 26th of 2017, he pled guilty to seven counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of criminal sexual assault. He was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole, and he pled guilty because it was the result of a plea bargain. They took the death penalty off the table. Oh. The defense is insistent that there were no other murders, but in December of 2017, he wrote the Spartanburg Herald Journal and said that he had more victims that had never been discovered. He is claiming that there's at least two more. So, ten total. So ten total. At least ten total. <clears throat> yeah. He is currently imprisoned in Broad River Correctional Institution. In August of 2020, a bunch of his items actually went to auction and proceeds were donated to the victim's families, which I was kind of like, oh, wow. Hebes, like, first of all, who's buying it? Yeah. Do they know? And I don't know that I want oh. money from his stuff. Well, I was going to say there is some websites that sell that that's their that's their niche. Like they sell things that are from serial killers. Yeah, I hate that. There's because on the last case, I actually found because I was looking for the confession letter, and there's a website called Serial Serial Killers Inc. I think it's .net or something, but they any letters that 
people have written in present or sent out or received or people sell them there. It's an eBay of serial killer letters and notes and so people buy. I know. It's gross. These like letters it. just because this person who at some point killed someone put pen to ink or ink to paper and and is selling this item. It is so bizarre to me. Yep. I don't like it. And I also like wouldn't want if I were a victim, I would not want money made off of the person's property that had killed my significant others. I would I, much no. rather like a haunted item in my house. I would want it donated. Then a then Yeah, I don't want serial killer stuff. Serial killer stuff. No. Or just killer stuff in general, but it's gross. Yeah. Anyway, that is the murder or the Amazon review killer. Yeah. So he left a review for the padlocks. He left and... several. Like, he actually left several, but those were the ones that were most, like... What was the other one? Uh, the shovel. The shovel. Jesus. Yeah. If you, you leave your full size at home, it's a good travel yeah. murder weapon. Good travel burial shovel. Good God. What a creep. I know. Yeah, he was obviously, he, like you said, he had high IQ and just. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's like, the, you don't very often see serial killers using guns, you know? No. And so it's very like spur of the moment. He's just mad. Yes, and I think that was probably his preferred weapon because he has this connection with his father with it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Especially but guns are usually like mass shooters, spree shooters. Right. Or passion, just yeah. spur of the moment. That's things. what I mean. It's like his seems yeah. more like, it doesn't seem premeditated to me. No. It's like something makes him snap and he right, gets right, right, pissed right. and he just goes on a rampage. But yeah. he does it several times. But like the motorcycle thing, it was probably because they were making fun of him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he got that mad. pissed him off. Yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know about the Coxleys, but it sounds like maybe he liked the women and the men were with them. And... Or the guy says something that pisses him off or somebody says something that pisses him off and or, he takes right. advantage of the situation. And Right. Yeah. Or he made an advance towards the women and the men that were with him were like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? And then he's like, PPO bun. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And then to go online and to be so narcissistic, like, I'm going to write these reviews and kind of drop hints of what I've done with them. Like, yeah. actually done with them. Oh, that's, you know, seeing now, knowing now that the padlock review was so spot on to what he was actually doing with it, then it's very likely than the shovel review, he actually did bury someone with it. Yeah. Like, besides the eight. Right. Besides the seven. Although they never really said how um, Kala's boyfriend was found. They said that his body was found on the property, but they never said, like... Oh, so he was, was probably he in the ground or something. Yeah, that wasn't super clear. I wouldn't imagine he was just, like, out in the open. I mean, the car was. Which is stupid, too. Well, it kind of... It was down in a ravine, so it actually had been pushed down out of sight. So you had to physically go looking for it, and he'd covered it with stuff. And I'm not, like, saying how to get away with murder, but the car would have definitely fit in a cargo container. So you could have just put it in there, too. Or, like, blown it up. Yeah. Let it burn. You yeah. have 100 acres. That's a lot that's of a lot land. Of, that's a lot of space. Yeah, burn it at night. Yeah. No one will notice the smoke. No one will get notice the explosion <laughs> of a big old Jeep. 
right. All right. Story. Good story, bro. Thanks. <laughs> all right. So follow us on all our social medias. And if you get a chance, please visit us on patreon.com where you get access to exclusive Patreon only episodes. And if you are a Patreon and you have a suggestion for an episode, you can let us know what that suggestion is and it'll go to the top of our list of episodes to cover. All right. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye.